listening to episode 29 of the Comics Pals. We're a group of comic book journalists and friends who've decided to do a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives. We're the only show that's like Ego, and that like Ego, we're spreading our essence across the galaxy. <laughs> Gross. What does that mean? What does that mean, Phil? Well, we're like spores, and we're just spreading, like, pollinate. We're just pollinating across everyone's ears. I think it's a seed joke. <laughs> oh, God, that's unsavory. We have a guest this week. Don't embarrass me, guys. So, <laughs> uh, as Pete said, we do have a guest this week. Uh, we're very, very excited about this guest. Uh, he is the writer of High Crimes, Dead Letters, Ghost. Injustice Ground Zero, and the comic book currently being funded on Kickstarter, Short Order Crooks. Welcome to the show, Christopher Sabella. How you doing, man? Hey, how's it going? Great, great. Uh, thank you for joining us this early. I know it's really early for you. We appreciate you you coming on and joining us. Yeah, no problem. I just didn't go to bed, so <laughs> <laughs> you're getting me at my rawest. Yes, that's what we like here on the Comics Pals. We like to get raw, so... We appreciate it. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, before we before we dive into talking to Chris, I do want to ask you guys and kind of find out how our week's been. So, what's going on this week for the pals? Anything of interest? Uh, not too much to report this week. Um, kind of just like a lot of the same that I was talking about last week. You know, um, I went and visited uh, a friend over the weekend who gave me a huge, huge stack of image books that I'm behind on. Um, so that's pretty exciting. I got um, the first two volumes of Pretty Deadly and uh, Outcast and at least one or two other books that I've like never even heard of. So I've got a lot to read uh, this week, but not too much to report today. I'm in the same boat. I have a ton to read uh, and not a lot of time to read it, but I'm very excited to get to my stack. It is a massive stack. Uh, I am excited, and I do want to make this announcement for the pals, that we have been approved for Wizard World Philadelphia as press. Oh, yeah. So that's really cool. Uh, we will be in Philly for Wizard World Philly. Uh, if you are in the Philadelphia area, if you are going and you are a fan of the Comics Pals, you should definitely definitely come up to us and say hello we will be visible and we will have gifts so if you come up to us there is a good chance that you might get something from one of the pals to take home with you come get some free uh, swag absolutely we're, we're cutting off all of phil's fingers and toes we're just giving them away <laughs> so supply so that's limited to 21 people <laughs> Oh, well, I actually was under the impression that Phil didn't have those anymore after the Russian hand got to him. We don't talk oh. about that anymore, I thought. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't realize the bit was over. Uh, so if you bit? want to... Maybe to you. <laughs> if you want to reach out to us and let us know you will be in Philly or let us know anything, really, you can reach out to us all over the place. Uh, we are on iTunes. We're a five-star rated podcast on iTunes for which we are very, very proud. And we would love to continue the tradition. We're on all podcast hosting platforms pretty much. And if we're not where you want us to be, let us know and we will be. Uh, you can find us all over the internet, all over social media, at The Comics Pal. So check us out on there. And YouTube. If you are watching this on YouTube, you can like the video, comment, and subscribe to our channel. Subscribing really helps, and please do share it with your friends, which is the most important thing you can do to spread the word about the Comics Pals. Let other people know that we exist and that we're your pals. So, 
<clears throat> Chris Sabella, I'm really excited to talk to you. Uh, I'm a fan of a lot of the stuff that you've done. And I'm ready to do this interview. So, Pete, do you want to start us off? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, like Kale said at the top, or no, I guess it was Sean said at the top of the show. Um, we're here to talk about your new Kickstarter comic, Short Order Crooks, um, with artist George Combatis and colorist Leslie Atlansky. Um, for anyone who might not be familiar in the audience, can you just kind of um, tell us a little bit about your career and how you got started in the industry? Uh, sure. I. I mean, I guess I got started in comics in like 2010, um, which is that's when I packed up all my stuff and moved to Portland and said I was going to try and break in the comics. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, like I got here and then immediately my life fell apart. But I was still like, well, well, all I really like feel like I can do is write. So I'm just going to keep going. And if this doesn't work, then I'll get a job at a convenience store. Um <laughs> And then, yeah, I uh, so I put out my first book through Image back in 2010, which was like I had co-written it with a buddy of mine called Screamland. Uh, it was like the second volume of that. And then I had nothing going on for a couple of years after that. And then I did High Crimes, which um, like really got on all the right radars because then that started getting me getting me work uh, all over the place. Um, and yeah, I've just been trying to, I don't know, um, do cool, like uh, work for hire stuff along with uh, all the creator owned stuff. I'm, I'm still like trying to get made. So um, yeah, it's just been a juggling act. Um, trying not to suck, I guess. <laughs> I think we can all relate there. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, we tried not to suck on the comics pals, but Phil brings us down. Constant uh, struggle. <laughs> so you, <laughs> you mentioned your work for higher stuff, and you've done a lot of cool stuff in that vein, like Alien vs. Predator and Justice Ground Zero. You co-wrote Captain Marvel for a few issues with Kelly Sue, which is awesome. Clearly and the most important thing, which is the Space Ghost Green Lantern crossover. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what has that experience been like for you so far? And is working on established property something that you enjoy doing? Uh, yeah. I mean, as long as it's something that I have something to say about it, I guess. Um yeah, like I just wrapped um, this this Kiss Vampirella book, which like never in my like most stoned fantasies did I ever think like <laughs> one that this was a book that was ever going to exist, and two that like I was going to be the person who was writing it. Um, but I figured out like a story I wanted to tell about like rock and roll and about uh, you know like satanic. Uh, messages and rock records and stuff like that, and I figured out, and I was like, well, like. Might as well tell it here. Um, like, I don't know. I mean, it's just about like being able to tell a story that I feel like is important to me. Um, and if I can't do that, then it's probably best that I don't work on it. Like, I have to have some part of myself invested in it. Um, so, yeah, even with like Injustice, which was so much of that was, you know, we were following the script of the video game. So there wasn't much... I could do to mess around with that, but I had, I had all these Harley Quinn pages that I could kind of do whatever I wanted to mm. with. So that's kind of where I directed a lot of my energies and was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to tell like a really good Harley Quinn story. And if nothing else, like I'll have that and I'll feel proud of that. And so, yeah, it's just about, I don't know, 
Um, I don't believe in the concept of like s- sellouts. Um, uh, so it's not so much that it's just more of like, I don't know. At the end of the day, I want to be able to like pick this book up and not wince at it. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's just, uh, but so far, like everything I've been offered has been super cool and super up my alley. So I haven't really had to say no to a lot of stuff yet. That's awesome. Uh, so how did you develop a love for comics? Were you a comic reader as a kid? Yeah, uh, this kid I went to summer camp with, um, he used to bring comics to camp. Um, I was that kid. <laughs> not not for Chris, but like I was that kid like at my summer camp. Did you also, did you also dress in safari clothes all the time? <laughs> you know I did, Chris. <laughs> you guys might have hooked up with one another in terms of comics. Because <laughs> this kid did. Um, and also I think his father was like a Nazi who escaped to America. Oh my God. <laughs> right on. I went over to his house once and he lived in this really nice house in Chicago and his father, like as we were leaving, his dad was like in this long hallway closet and was filled with like uh, uh, radio equipment and he was sitting in there talking into a microphone in German. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, well, wow. well clearly this guy's like, uh, even at that young age, I was like, I think that guy's a Nazi spy. But yeah, that that was the kid who got me into comics, and suddenly I was like, "Well, these are cool." And uh, I was a latchkey kid, so I always, you know, used to take myself to and from school. And the uh, in Chicago, the the L trains, like all the stations, they used to have a news rack, and it was just filled with comics. So um, whereas I used to spend my allowance on video games uh, and blow it all uh, before. 6 p.m. Friday. Uh, now I would take my allowance and I'd go buy comics with it. And here I am all these years later. <laughs> so when awesome. can we expect a book about your friend's Nazi dad spy? Yeah, I feel like it's already been done. <laughs> it's played out. Yeah, yeah. It's just a special memory to me. Like, And now now I can never separate comics from uh, from a secret, secret hallway <laughs> Nazi. So... <laughs> I don't know what that means. But. <laughs> uh, so a lot of the creator-owned independent stuff that you've done has been in the crime genre, from heartthrob to high crime and the upcoming short order crooks. What I love most about what you do is that you find a way to sort of present stories about criminals in very unique ways. Uh, is it important to you that all these stories feel different and kind of diverse while still being rooted in crime? Um. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know. Crime is sort of where my heart is. Um, and it's, it's, you know, like if I want to sit down with a movie or something or a book, like crime is the easiest way to my heart, but it feels like, especially in comics, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to work with comics. So I don't want to tell like just a, you know, a traditional like gumshoe story. I want it to be something that is visually interesting and something that's, you know, um, that is built for comics. So I always, yeah, I just kind of approach things as a, I think I reverse engineer. I come up with a concept and figure out how I can kind of make it a crime book. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like short order crooks is a crime book, but it's also like, more, I mean, more than that, it's mostly uh, a book about losers and, uh, and also about like cooking so, but crime seems like the easiest way to sum it up because there is like 
some criminal elements to it. But yeah, I don't know. I think I just like I prefer to write books about just like regular people trapped trapped in like really uh, fucked up circumstances. T- so tell us a little bit more about Short Order Crooks. Um, how did you? How did this story kind of develop? Uh, I uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick and I came up with it back in like 2010 2011 um she was talking about pitching a a like food comic and i just i immediately like started peppering her with ideas i don't even know if she was like actively wanted them or not but i just suddenly was like oh and then you could do this and this uh and then eventually we were just agreed to work on it together and develop it together so we kind of came up with everything that's in these first five issues, you know, in very broad strokes. And then, and then Kelly Sue became Kelly Sue and she was super busy. Um, and so she gave me her blessing. She was like, you, you know, you run with it. So yeah, I've been sort of trying to pull it together for the last couple of years. And I had a false start with a different artist and that didn't really progress beyond the pitch pages um and then i and then yeah somehow the magic alchemy i like thought of george and i thought of this book and i thought like that's perfect like because we're doing what is by could be considered like kind of a bummer of a book i mean we're also going to make it funny but it's also like got some bummer shit in it but like (laughs) george everything george draws is just super delightful and charming so I feel I felt like oh, that'd be kind of a perfect way to offset all this stuff. And he was super on board. And we I mean, we did the first six pages back in like September of 2015 or something. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And we pitched it around and didn't get much of a response because it's like uh, understandably like it's a weird uh, concept to throw at a publisher and be like, just trust us. It'll be good. <laughs> Cause they never believe that unless you're, you know, you've already proved time and again, you can do that. So yeah. Then, uh, you know, like when we formed two headed press, um, you know, the whole goal of that was to kickstart books. So I was like, well, that's the short order crooks is the book I want to like d- 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 do it with. If I can only raise money for one comic, this is the one I want to raise it for. And, uh, yeah. So what made you decide that this was the year to do it? Like you mentioned that you had a false start. You've been working on it um, with George since 2015 now. So was it like you just kind of hit a point where the book was ready to show off or? Um, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, when when we formed Two-Headed Press, like that was kind of the best incentive I needed was because then I had five other people who had my back and – uh, I have like Fabian Wrangle Jr. who I can go and talk to and ask ask him questions, and he's like the king of Kickstarter comics. <laughs> so like just knowing that Fabian's like in my corner and will advise me like took a huge load off. Um, and it's I don't know. Um, I I just haven't done it before out of fear. I think mostly because it's so much of it is tied up for me at least in like public failure. Like, what if you do this Kickstarter and then you don't hit your goal and then you have to, like, you have to pretend to everybody in public, like, oh, I'm not super depressed about this. No, <laughs> like, I totally meant to do this. I was, like, yeah. So, 
it's 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 yeah i mean i think we're I, it feels like we're gonna hit our goal but it's also just made me super neurotic for the last two weeks i've not been fun to be around or talk to so <laughs> you've been pretty fun so far <laughs> <laughs> that's because i haven't slept <laughs> Uh, so you you mentioned now twice uh, Two Headed Press, which is um, a like creator comic collective um, that's like focused all around uh, kickstarting books, basically. So can you just like tell us a little bit about the organization, how you got involved? Uh, yeah, it was. I was talking with uh, Ed Brisson, who's a comics writer, um, and we had both been, you know, we sort of talk a lot on Facebook Messenger about just reg- comic stuff, and we'd been discussing like that we want to do like Kickstarter stuff. And one of us was like, we should team up or something like, then we can like smash our brands together. Uh, and then it's, it's spilled over on the Twitter and Kurt Pierce, who's another member. He was the one who suggested like, well, what if we all just teamed up? And then it became an email thread. Um, and it was, yeah, it was just an idea of like just forming. It's like, it's like how artists have those studios, you know, like there's out of step arts collective and Felix and, um, you know, it just felt like writers don't have that. And just having this sort of facsimile of it where it's like, okay, like we are a gang now we are a gang of six and like, you know, we will, we will back each other up and, you know, this is our secret headquarters where we can go and sort of talk real shit. Um, right. So, yeah, I just I think it was, you know, a lot of it was tied around Facebook, but I also think a lot of it was just, you know, like wanting to have, you know, you have your your big wide friendships, but you want to have like sort of that core crew with you. Um, And I think more than anything, that's what we're doing was deciding like, yeah, like here's here's five people that we can tolerate and who won't like uh bug the shit out of us so sounds familiar (laughs) yeah exactly like the way all good friendships work is like okay like you're not horrible like let's hang out (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's basically what it is and like fabian's he was the first one out and he funded his book blood brothers um and dynamite's now like putting it out so i'm the next one up i've also put like my zines under two-headed press so like my pool disaster zine and my clown motel zine are officially two-headed press. It's just for me, it's a place I can put all these weird freak books that don't belong to an actual publisher. And it at least like seems prestigious. We did pay to get a logo made. So like (laughs) it's got a little bit of class to it than it would just saying like, Oh, I made a thing and just trust me. I just want to jump in and say that uh, I'm so excited that you guys have, kind of jump together to to form this because i'm such a huge fan of ed brisson and the violent and i was so bummed when it got canceled yeah so so bummed yeah i mean i don't know when or if that's going to happen because now you know between then and now ed has blown the fuck up so yeah um you know fingers crossed but uh but i do not begrudge him if he's just like no i think i'm just gonna keep writing iron fist (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah i could see where that would be uh, a bit more fun um yeah so i mean yeah i hope it comes back and i'm really excited about all the books that everybody has planned to put out and i've got at least like three more kickstarter books that i want to do immediately after this one wraps so awesome yeah never stop 
Um, so I hope you don't mind if we deviate for a second here, but you brought up Clown Motel, and that actually um, plays into a question we got from one of our listeners at home. Uh, this comes from a friend of the show, Matt Murphy, and the Longbox Podcast. He basically just wanted to ask for any kind of update, anything you can tell us about the uh, nonfiction prose version of uh, Clown Motel. It's done. Like it's uh, see, I feel like people get their Kickstarter emails go to their spam. Or I'm gonna have to re-alert everybody. It's been done since like right before Christmas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I still have to polish it, and I have to. I don't know. It was such a labor just to finish that book, and like, cause one, I'm like, I'm writing a 200 plus page book, and I'm sending it to. It's not just people I know, like it's just total strangers. And it's, I, I, you know, like sending comics is fine. I feel like I can do that. But like pros sending that out into the world, I'm not, not a feeling I'm still used to. So there was that. And plus just the trauma of like, you know, having to relive that whole stupid experience. Um, like, and then write about it. it's just been like never ending. And like, I was just like, I don't want to think about this stupid place anymore. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like, yeah, you can't control and you can't predict. So, like, if I'd have, if someone had come to me and said, like, hey, you know, before you launch this Kickstarter, like, this is basically going to be the thing that's, like, in your obituary. Um, <laughs> are you sure you want to do this? Like, I might have, like, decided against it. But, yeah, I'm now in the clown motel, dude, and I guess that's okay. Like. At least people know me. I mean, it's a fantastic, like, just that one sentence is such a great elevator pitch for a book. It's like, how do you not want to read that book? That sounds so interesting. Yeah, that's my hope. Well, yeah, um, I, there you go, Matt. Hopefully that uh, answers your question. Go check your spam folder. <laughs> um, so to take it back to uh, Short Order Crooks, I did just want to ask... Um, so, like, I know you said that you kind of developed this idea over a while with Kelly Sue, but... Um, Obviously, there there seems to be at least some influence from your real life. The story takes place in Portland. Um, was there anything that kind of, like, I don't know, inspired you to tell the story of, like, the seedy underbelly of the food truck scene there? Or was that just kind of, like, the natural conclusion for, well, we want to do a food story and we want to do a crime story. This will work. Um, I think just because it seems unlikely. Uh, I think that was the first thing. And it felt like a weird puzzle and I didn't know how to put it together. Uh, and that's, that's always like intriguing, like for my book, welcome back. Um, like I knew it was a book about reincarnation assassins, but I couldn't figure out, I was like, well, who are they killing? Like if they don't, it's like, if they don't get this target, like what are they going to come back? And this dude's going to be a hundred years old. Like this doesn't make any sense. Uh, but that's what hooked me was like, okay, I have to find a way to make it make sense. Um, and for this, it's just like, you know, uh, I mean, Portland def definitely has a criminal element, but it is more a, like, uh, I did too much meth and I have a lot of knives uh, kind of crime. Like, <laughs> we have so much edged weapon crime here. Like, there's just, like, at, like, at least a dozen a year, you'll see a report about, like, Oh yeah, some guy was like walking through the southeast swinging a machete uh, for oh no God. reason. Uh, like just the other day, it was like two, like a week ago. It was like, oh yeah, there was a guy on a street corner screaming about how he, he was high and he was holding a four-inch knife in each hand. Um, and it's like that's the perfect like statue of Portland. Like you just <laughs> bronze that guy and put it like right at the city limits. 
Um, so yeah, it was just like, I don't know, like food carts are just so like everybody loves them and they're like fun and, you know, kitschy. And I just wanted to like, I, I, it's a crime book in as much as like repo man is a crime movie. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, and I just got this image of the main character, uh, like getting shaked down by these loan sharks and he's in this weird office and it's like this long office. Um, and they're threatening him and he's talking about stuff and they're also talking about stuff obliquely. And then at the end of the scene, he gets tossed out and you see that like the office is a food truck too. Um, that like these guys who run the food cart scene like they basically just put an office inside of a food truck um and like all this like high step stakes stuff they've been talking about is like you know selling fried food to people um <laughs> and it was something about trying to yeah mix all that up and see if i could make an interesting story out of it uh, and i feel like we did so it just like yeah our first issue is sort of a slow build and then once we get going um it, it gets pretty wacky. I have to say, man, uh, you like the first six um, pages of the first issue are up on your Kickstarter page, and I checked them out before the interview, and uh, I like I'm already hooked. You know, like it, it's it, that like reveal that the office was a uh, <laughs> was just a food truck. Like I started cracking up. I was like, oh man, I like I love the sense of humor that this book already has. Yeah, like, and it's you know, I, it's it's me doing like a, a more like flat out funny book and. Uh, nobody gets spoiler. Nobody gets killed in this book. So like, this is the first comic I think I'll ever put out where nobody dies. Um, <laughs> so there's something about that that's appealing to me though. It's like, I'm just like, you know, I, I sort of revel in violence and blood and stuff like this. So it's nice to like step back and do like, I don't know. It's like a, like this is a crime book in as much as like when you read, the news stories in your local police blotter that they publish on the website. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, like this dude was, was busted because he was stealing lawn ornaments. Like it's that kind of high stakes, but <laughs> trying to make that like thrilling and engaging. I was like, well, I don't know if I can do that, but I'll give it a shot. I mean, that's what was, like, I got such a kick out of it was just cause like the, the way it feels like even just the opening shot and just the way that, the way that the scene plays out, you know, like it feels so much like a traditional, like kind of like mafioso, like they're going to break your legs or chop off your hand kind of thing. And it's, you know, like you said, they're talking about fried food, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, all right. So as of this recording, the campaign is already at over 10 K of its $16,000 goal with 19 days to go. So if you're interested in short order crooks, please go support the Kickstarter page and make it happen so that I can get my copies of it. Yes. I'm going to be selfish here. I'd like to get my copies of it. Also. It'd be nice if you could see a little money back for your work, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, but, you know, like, at this point, like, I'm just be happy to pay George and Leslie for their efforts. And it's a, it's another book for me. I can sell it at cons. I can sell it on my website. And, you know, the money will come to me somewhere down the road. I don't care about it. I just want to I just want to keep making books without having to wait for somebody at a publisher to say yes to it. So I, I do want to ask you, um, you, you've spoken in the past about how music has inspired your writing. You talked about that regarding heartthrob. So I was wondering if, if there's a soundtrack to this series for you. Uh, yeah, actually, um, I've, I've needed to build it out a bit cause I started to make one and then I was, I don't know. I was like, well, it's not actually real yet. And this feels a little too, 
like um i didn't want to get my hopes up so mm. I, have, I have a very short playlist um which is like uh let's see it's electric six janelle monet uh wire uh jeff the brotherhood the black lips harry nilsson um uh oh and cutters which is by uh um the singer in that band uh writes for newsarama i think um it's a weird cross-pollination where i really started (laughs) i really love this band and then somebody's like you know that dude writes for newsarama right and i was like what (laughs) um but yeah, I, I I don't know. Like for most, I make playlists for all my creator own books, um, and a lot of it. Um, sometimes it's just as much as like I just want a title that fits with the book, uh, but a lot of it is more like content. Um, so like the Janelle Monae song I picked was "Tightrope," um, which is like just feels like it's describing like uh, our main characters, like sort of whole uh life philosophy is like just forever uh about to fall and die um so yeah i've got to build it out like i think now that we're sort of over the ten thousand dollar hump um i can start to have a little bit of faith cool awesome uh and then last question for me i i read that you 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 have you you play games from time to time so we, we, we're big fans of games. We have a gaming podcast called The Video Game Pals. And so we were wondering if you're playing anything right now. Um, yeah, I just finished. Uh, I got Assassin's Creed Revelations free uh, through Xbox Gold. So nice. um, I always like beyond the first game of that series. Like I like that series. Um, and, you know, it's like it, but more and more lately i've like the games that i play it's like i could not give a shit about the story anymore um which i i think is a result of like me thinking about story so constantly is like Mm -hmm. now i just want to get like it's like fine you can have your story just let me skip it so i can like continue (laughs) stabbing people um so like yeah that was uh uh before that i played through mafia 3 um was it mafia 3 the newest yeah, no, mafia. Right. yeah um which was also a good like neck stabbing game um uh, like that game was like very there's one there's one uh stage where you uh, Molotov, a KKK rally. Oh and it's my like, god! Yeah, it's like this is the greatest. And then you just shoot the stragglers as they're running. And I was just like, and especially like post Trump election, I was like, this is the most cathartic, enjoyable game right. in the world. Um, <laughs> Made even better by the fact that the main character is a black guy too. It's just like yes, like <laughs> ultimate catharsis. <laughs> but yeah, I I like a lot of open world games where I can kind of do what I like. Um, and I, I just bought, uh, there is like this 10 pack of like indie type games on gold that like was only 20 bucks. So they're, they're all like weird arcade type games. Um, and they have already started to frustrate the shit out of me. So I don't know how long (laughs) this is going to last, but I can't, I can't bring myself to pay like full price for games anymore. Like I just now I just kind of like sit and wait and I know they'll at least go down by like 10 or 15 bucks within a month or three. So 
so yeah, all the stuff I play is like, oh, this is what everybody was playing four months ago. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I want to get a PS4 and play Horizon Zero Dawn. That's like oh, my only. Chris, you gotta play it. I know, I know. Like it's I've seen so people, good. I've seen people playing it, and it's like I can't watch you play this because I have no way of playing it when I get home, and that's really frustrating. Um, so yeah, that's like I'm I'm saving my pennies. <laughs> get that and then i'm just gonna like lock in for a week all right so i mean that just that's even more incentive for you to go and back short order crooks right now we got to get chris a ps4 so we can play horizon guys yes <laughs> yeah that'll be a stretch goal for me personally <laughs> <laughs> once we break the final stretch goal all additional funds go to the ps4 horizon bucket <laughs> and then everything after that like i just like buy things for like random dogs on the street Sounds like a good plan. Yeah, who can argue with that? Nobody. <laughs> Pete, did you have any other questions? No, that wraps it up for me. Cool. Uh, is there anything that you want to sort of tease beyond Short Order Crooks that you might want to mention or let fans know about? Uh, yeah. Um, the second season of Heartthrob is starting um, in uh, – it'll be like the third week of June. Um, and we could definitely like – use the support on that book like it's a it's from a smaller publisher and it's a smaller book but the first trade is out and it's only 10 bucks for five issues which is like there's a lot of pages in that and it's a really like it's the nicest trade that's ever been made of any of my stuff like the paper and like everything about it is like it, it's a, you won't regret spending ten dollars on that and so if you do that and you like that like if you could tell your shop that you want to get, you know, at least like the first issue pulled for you. Um, like we're definitely trying to get more people on and it's a weird book and it's a hard sell, but like we believe in it. So we're just trying to, to get enough people on board with it that we can keep doing it. Um, and beyond that, like uh, I'm selling stuff on my website. Um, I'm selling like the zines of I lived in a, Clown Motel and Pool Disaster, and I have a new one. And then I'll be selling a comic that Jonathan Brandon Sawyer and I uh, have been working on for a while, like a 40-page comic that we're debuting at Heroes Con next month. So, awesome. I, I, yeah, I have a ton of stuff going on, and I just like I'm bad at like I think like smart people sit down and like, okay, I know I'm going to time this release for so and so, and I'm just like. I sit around until it's the last minute and it's like, okay, I'm going to do this in 12 hours and then I'm going to release it before I go to bed. Um, so, so yeah, I'm just like, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to get as much stuff as I can done before we all get nuked or something. I hear that. Um, <laughs> I, I do want to, I do want to jump back a little bit because heartthrob, like I, I'm, I really, really want this book to succeed. Uh, so could you just tell people what it's about so they can be incentivized to go pick it up yeah it's a uh, it's another crime book but it's kind of a crime romance book and it's set in the late 70s and it's about a our main character is a girl uh callie who uh has been sick all her life with a heart defect and so in like 77 it's a brand new science but she gets a heart transplant and she's given like five years to live with it and Basically, like her personality starts changing and she starts seeing this guy um, that apparently only she can see and only she can talk to. 
and it turns out that he is her heart donor. Um, and they fall in love and he explains to her that like he was this master uh, thief and he had all these jobs planned before he died and he's going to teach her how to be a criminal and they're going to like, you know, just go on a crime spree for the rest of their lives. Um, so it's sort of like Bonnie and Clyde or Fight Club, ex- uh, except the, uh, if the main character is a Fight Club kissed more. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be a decidedly better movie. <laughs> I'm sure somebody's written the fanfic. <laughs> I I definitely think that that's a comic worth everyone checking out, if not for the fact that it's so unique. And so definitely, definitely go check out Hearthrob. Definitely pick up that trade. And if you like it, ask ask at your comic shop how to get the first issue of the second season. Please, it's it's worth it. It's it's absolutely worth it. So we're going to jump into the rest of the regular show. Chris, you going to hang out with us? Yep, I'm here. Awesome. awesome. Very exciting stuff. So because we have a guest, anytime we have a guest, we like to play a game of Apples and Origins. Uh, so Pete, you want to take it away? Sure. Um, so uh, for those of you who don't know, Chris included, Apples and Origins is a game we play here on the show um, that essentially we put a minute on the clock and then we kind of go around the room, like round robin style, uh, and we have to... Each of us has to, like, name a quality of either a character, a series, or, like, a a team. So, like, you kind of, each of us will name one aspect of the character to develop it as we're going, and you kind of, like, build off the person who went, uh, the people that have gone before you. And then at the end of the game, or at the end of the round, I should say, everyone has to uh, pick a name for the character, the book, or the team that we've all created, and then we'll all vote to on who won, and you're not allowed to vote for yourself. Oh, Okay. This is all very confusing. I'm sure I'm going to fuck it up, but let's go. No, it's it's totally fine. That's definitely part of the fun. All right, good. Um, so since you're our guest, why don't we let you you pick the first thing? So just pick an aspect of – and it doesn't have to be a character, team, or book. We'll kind of decide that as we pick what the elements are. So if you wanted to say like, oh, um, they're, they're a man, like that would be a good way to start. Uh, okay. Um, they're a dog. Okay. Hell yeah. Alright, so we'll go now we're in business. So we'll go Chris, Marco, Kale, Sean, Phil, Pete. Got it? Got it. Alright. Chris, cool. Marco, Kale, Sean, start Phil. Start the Pete. clock. Yep, start the clock. Ready? Marco, you're going first. He's a dog or it's a dog. It's a dog. Go. It uh has telekinetic abilities and can talk telepathically. But it only talks to cats. <laughs> it's a it's a black dog. A bitch. <laughs> He's made out of barbecue spare ribs. He he has a sidekick that's a cat that can speak English. Uh, the cat is named Human. <laughs> <laughs> they're both they're both from uh, the moon. Their their uh, uh, villain is a, a sentient pack of moist towelettes. <laughs> <laughs> They've they've relocated to New York from the moon, and now they live on a defunct aircraft carrier. Uh, the cat also has the ability to stretch. <laughs> what? <laughs> like Mister Fantastic? Oh, like not just like stretch like. Oh shit! Time. time. <laughs> I was running out the clock. Like I had nothing. <laughs> 
All right, so to recap, we've got a, a dog with telekinetic powers who can read minds uh, but can only talk to cats. His sidekick is a cat named Human who has Mr. Fantastic stretchy powers and can also speak English. They're from the moon but have relocated to New York City. And I think that's it. Oh, and they fight a sentient pack of moist towelettes. It's like you forgot both of mine, which is the dog <laughs> is made out of barbecue spare ribs, and they live on an aircraft carrier. <laughs> and the dog is black. Just throwing And the dog, dog is, is black. black. <laughs> yes. Thank you. All right. So now let's all take a second and try to come up with a title for this, <laughs> whatever this is. <laughs> all right. I got it. Go ahead. No. All right. Mine's going to be... Um, the amazing tales of mutant mutt from the moon. The mutant mutt from the moon. There you go. Uh, I don't have anything better, but uh, I'm going to shit all over yours, though. Go for it. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how this game works, right? Like... Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, j- the adventures of shredded barbecue and human the cat. <laughs> Mine is Moon Pets Take on New York City. Human the cat and his pal Bork. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, The barbecue space dog and the human cat. Yeah. Very literal, Sean. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go for like, uh, uh, like, paws of glory. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, yes. That's a much easier sell on a marquee. All right, I'm giving it to Chris. Pause of Glory takes it for me. That's why he's the writer. Pause of Glory wins. <laughs> That's pretty good. I'm usually terrible at titles. So. Oh, you just knocked it out, bud. <laughs> Do we all agree that Chris wins this one? I mean, just for posterity, I liked Phil's a lot, but... I don't, what was mine? I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> so, doesn't matter. so yeah, Chris wins. <laughs> yeah, there should be a rule if the person who said it doesn't remember it, then it's... Disqualified. <laughs> it's invalid. <laughs> all right, all right. That was fun. Uh, let's see. We got some time. You guys want to do one more? Yeah, yeah hell I yeah. Do, I can do another one. Yeah, let's do one more. All righty. All right, well, since Chris took the round, that means he gets to start again. Oh, great. Let's see. Uh, it is a robot. All right, all right. Put a minute on the clock. Let's go. Start the clock. All right, let's do it. Uh, it's a robot attacking New York City. It's black. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, no, I can't say that. It has a human soul. He's powered on milkshakes. <laughs> the human soul inside him is of Shaquille O'Neal. <gasps> <laughs> but it's Shaquille O'Neal from that movie Shazam that doesn't actually exist. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, he, uh, 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 I can't think of anything. Skip, skip. His soul is powered by milkshakes. He, uh, they're banana flavored. What? <laughs> Um, uh, his villain, his villain is, uh, uh, Kobe Bryant, who's become like Dr. Doom. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> he's got ice cream vision. Uh, he's, he's attacking New York to get revenge on the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> no way I could build off that. Uh, in rare form, I also, I have my title ready to go immediately after the round. I'm going with Basket Bots. Oh, oh nice. Bots. Good. Well, I need to recap here because there was a lot going on. All right, yeah. So the recap is we have a story about uh, a giant robot that is powered by milkshakes and it has a human soul. The human soul of Shaquille O'Neal from the movie Kazam. Um, and then he fights. Uh, he's attacking New York. He fights a 
Doctor Doom esque Kobe Bryant, and he's attacking New York to get revenge on the Knicks. Oh, and he's powered by milkshakes. I think I said that. He's got ice cream vision. Ice cream vision. And they're banana flavored milkshakes. Banana flavored milkshakes, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna call it Space Jam Two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I don't think I need to come up with anything. I feel like that might upset a few copyrights. Oh, it's mostly there. <laughs> uh, yeah, Space Jam 2, that's... That's a tough one to beat. That was <laughs> that was supposed to have Kobe in it for a while, wasn't it? No, not I think uh, it's LeBron, LeBron James, James yeah. right? Well, Kobe and then LeBron. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't have one. Do you guys... Uh... No. All right, fine, guys. <laughs> Basket, basket bots in Space Jam 2. <laughs> Space Jam 2? Space Jam 2. Like, come on. <laughs> I gotta pick it for the walls. That's so good. Is Chris the only guest who's ever won two in a row? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Indis- undisputed champion. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have a belt ready? Let me know when someone breaks that record and I'll come back and break it again. <gasps> yes. Oh, yes. That's awesome. <laughs> Challenge accepted. You're going to have to come back and defend the championship. All right, so we're going to do some news. There's quite a bit of it this week. It was jam-packed. Uh, so, Hellboy. Space jam-packed. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. Space jam two-packed, <laughs> Phil. Come on. <laughs> oh, sorry. Get the right trademark. So, a lot of people have been clamoring for a sequel to Hellboy 2. This is kind of like a cult sort of popular franchise. Um, but there hasn't been a lot of movement. In fact, we heard that Guillermo del Toro wouldn't be a part of it at all uh, recently. And that kind of seemed to spell the end of the Hellboy franchise. But in fact, that is not the end because we are getting a new Hellboy film uh, from Mike Mignola, who announced it on Facebook recently. And Stranger Things' David Harbour is actually going to play Hellboy, which is awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. But that also means... That we're not going to get the original team. We're not. We're not going to get Ron Perlman. So, give and take, I guess. I yeah. I think this is a good. I think it'll be a good trade off. Um, like it. It sucks that it's not going to be Ron Perlman, but I couldn't think of anyone else I would rather have in it. And I didn't even know I wanted. Uh, this guy, Hooper well, did, Hopper. Did you hear the Hopper Hopper Ho- Agent Hopper? Did you hear about the synopsis in the movie? No. The. Oh, well, the movie's about Hellboy finding the Upside Down. Oh, God. <laughs> God damn it, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I actually haven't seen the Hellboy films. Really? But I know, yeah, I've not, oh, I've not caught them. Yeah, I know that they're pretty popular. Uh, this kind of inspires me to go back and check them out. But they were never on my radar. Did you ever read the books? I have read... One mini that that Mike Mignola did. It was one of the recent ones, and I thought it was incredible. Yeah, you should go back and read all the Hellboy shit, dude. It's a great book. There's, I think, six library editions that were collected with really nice binding. Worth checking out. I I might have to do that. Uh, yes, uh, Sean. Forbidden Planet has Forbidden Planet has a bunch of them on uh, in their daily deal section from like the early the early years. So. Oh really? Yeah. Well, I guess I'm making a trip to Forbidden Planet then. Um, any other thoughts about Hellboy and and what this what this could be? Besides, fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of a bummer. I would have liked the trilogy to wrap up, but it could be could be good. 
I mean, I feel like we're so far removed from those two films at this point that like it kind of it seems to make a little more sense I think in my mind to to go for the reboot. Um, it's disappointing because I do really like the original creative team. Uh, Guillermo del Toro is incredibly talented, and I thought Ron Perlman did a great job as Hellboy. But uh, I, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think it could definitely use a fresh like look at it, you know, for like a new generation, especially now that we are so much more. Like, Sean made the point earlier that the original two Hellboy movies are, were kind of, like, they were, like, cult classics, and I feel like it coming out now and, and it being fresh and not the third movie in a trilogy is a way better opportunity for people to get introduced to Hellboy as, a, as an IP and hopefully uh, take an interest in it and go check out the books. Yeah, I would say that that's true for me. <clears throat> I would say that if, if they do do this and it <clears throat> really does happen, I'll go and check this out. So, uh, moving right along... We've got an update about the New Mutants film. So we've talked about this New Mutants film that for many of us kind of came out of nowhere, the announcement of it. Uh, and we got a release date a few weeks ago uh, that's going to come out on April 13th, 2018. Uh, but they're still sort of casting. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter <clears throat> revealed that we now know who will play Magic and Wolfsbane, which is really cool. So uh, for... The, for the character Wolfsbane, we've got Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones. Really and cool. Yeah, yeah. And for Magic, we've got Anya Taylor-Joy. So those are two actresses whose stars are kind of on the rise. And it's really interesting that we're going to get them in this film. And I'm actually excited for the team. But they're the only two characters who've been cast so far. Uh, so for of, of Mirage, Warlock, Sunspot, and Cannonball, we don't know who's playing those characters. Any thoughts on this? I mean, they only like they only really confirmed the movie's release date and everything like what two weeks ago now. So yeah, but it's it's coming out in a year. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we kind of voice our reservations about what seems to be a pretty quick timeline here. So I I wish I was more surprised. Like it is a little alarming that we don't know who the rest of the main cast is, but that doesn't necessarily mean they don't have people in mind. You know. Like, I'm sure that they're close. Yeah, or that there aren't already people on it. You know, they were announcing uh, Guardians cast up until, you know, two days before the movie. That's true. <laughs> two days. So. They could also just be, like, nobodies, you know? Like, it could be people that are not names. And, like, Maisie Williams is a name, you know? Um, I forget the other actress that you named, but they're both they're both people who are up on the rise. And if the other three people are you know, new stars, then it would kind of make sense to not necessarily, like, talk about that as much. I suppose that's fair. Uh, I, I'm cautiously optimistic about this film. Uh, I think it's it's going to be a change of pace. There were talks of them having um, Professor X in this movie, but that seems to kind of have died down. So we really could be getting the first X-Men film. The first X-Men film that is a sort of team movie without Professor X. So we'll see. Yeah, it would it would be cool to get away from Professor X and Magneto a little bit. I mean I love those characters, but they've really dominated that that franchise for a long time. And, you know, I think personally I'm more interested in X Men stories that are about like, the teenagers, you know, that are about the kids, um, more so than the adult X Men. I, I, I agree with that. Chris, how do you feel about the the X Men films? Uh, we 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 have a pretty uh, storied back and forth between Phil and everyone else on the show. <laughs> uh, I like I like the second X Men movie. 
Um, good movie. The one with Nightcrawler. The one, the one good X Men film, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would, I would agree. Um, I felt like first one was, I don't know, all like first superhero movies up until Iron Man were all bad, and then the second ones were where they, where they all got good. Um, I watched Apocalypse recently, and oh, that boy. was like, I just yeah. like. After about like thirty minutes, I was like, I don't even care. Like it's just now. Now it is noise, like on in the background. Um, I don't know. I thought first class. I was gonna like first class, and then the first mutant that dies is a mutant named Darwin, who's named for like, um, you know, as somebody who's like his whole power is like I survive everything, and he's the first one that. <laughs> I don't know. Like that movie would have been much better if it was about Magneto going around killing Nazis. Like, um, I like that part, but yeah, I don't know. Those movies always just like lose me. I just, I don't, it's just too much. I feel like it's too much to try and fit into these movies and have like anything really satisfying happen. Cause you have, you spend so much time explaining like, well, here's why, you know, here's why senators, hate the x-men um yeah i don't know like uh but i'll probably watch a new mutants movie i mean i keep watching these movies so clearly yeah right i've at least like stopped going to theaters to see them but um so does does that mean you haven't seen logan yet i have not and i've been wanting to and i've just i'm gonna get it done this weekend i think because yeah i mean the last movie i saw was get out um oh that movie great yeah. yeah, and I was just like, well, I'm just going to coast on this for a while because I know like anything else I go see is probably not going to be as good. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, Logan's on my list um, and a couple other things. But yeah, I don't know. I At this point, I've kind of hit superhero um, media burnout. Um, Main topic of the show today. Yeah, yeah I'm glad we have you on for that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you because, I mean, like, I don't know. Any other time, I'd be super excited about a Cloak and Dagger TV show and a Runaways TV show. But it's like, this is on top of, like, the Defenders TV show coming and, like, five new Marvel movies and six new DC movies. And it's just like, man, this is just, I just don't have the, like, maybe it's because I work in comics and now it's, like, more exhausting to me or something. But uh, it's just like, I don't, I don't know. I, I just can't like hang out with it anymore. Like I want to see that Spider-Man movie. Like oh, that seems sure. like it'll be good. Um, but yeah, these days, like I don't know. I I'm just like I'd much rather watch a really cool uh, like horror movie. I mean that that stands any time of the year though. Like I'd always much rather watch a cool horror movie than anything else. But they all suck. <laughs> <laughs> hey Chris, you know what horror movie I saw last night? Totally off topic, but. We're talking about horror movies. I saw Krampus. Oh yeah, I like that one. Like yeah. it, it's not great, but like it's there's a lot of really cool visuals in it. And yeah, uh, yeah what did I? I just watched. Uh, I just watched The Void, um, which is like it now. It's on VOD, but it's uh, it's just like a cool like sort of uh, I don't know low budget cult uh, sort of Lovecraftian movie. Oh, that sounds cool. I checked that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty cool. Um, like the design of the cult member. Like they we- all wear these like all white robes except for these black triangles where their faces should be. Um, 
And it's just like, man, you can just like really instill a lot of dread with uh, like something that simple. And then the other one I saw was Prevenge, um, which like I, I went back and got a subscription to Shutter just so I could see it. <laughs> Have you heard? Have you heard about no, Prevenge? No, 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 never heard of it. It's a horror movie. Of, I mean, sort of a horror movie. It's also kind of a comedy, but it's about a pregnant woman who is killing people because her unborn child is telling her to. <laughs> it's like a Son of Sam thing. Yeah, like her child is telling her who to, and she's having conversations with the baby still in utero. Um, it's really, really messed up, but. Um, <laughs> super enjoyable um so yeah i but like yeah most horror movies are just garbage so but i wade through all of them anyway because one of them might be good and and if i don't check it who will right <laughs> prevent it's a good title too that is i know yeah title, it's got yeah. everything going for it uh I, I love a horror movie with a good sense of humor like that i that's hits me right where i live um, you real quick. I I know we're way past the PS4 debate, but if you do end up getting a PS4, pick up Until Dawn. It's a uh, like a like little, little it's the, yeah, the slasher. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like a it's like a homage to like old school teen slasher movies kind of thing, and it's I think it would be right up your alley. Oh yeah, no, I've like I've longingly like watched the trailer for that or like gameplay of it, and it's like yeah. oh man, like if I was fifteen, like this would just be my life. Oh, it's so fun. Uh, it's there's like a ton of permeations of it too. There's like I think 16 different endings or something like that. It's crazy. Well, yeah, I'm gonna have to like rob somebody or something. <laughs> <laughs> that settled it. Like I gotta get this thing sooner than later. Uh, so Chris, I'm curious, what what comic books are you reading right now? Like, uh, yeah, my reading habits have just turned to garbage. Um, so so yeah, yeah like. Yeah, but I don't know. I kind of read like sort of what comes along and what catches my fancy. And like Saga was just like too big and intimidating. So like I've been saying out loud, like I swear to God, I'm going to read Saga. I've been saying it at least almost for two years now. And I finally it's just like, screw it. I'm going to sit down with like the first three trades. Um, and yeah, I really, really like it. And I understand why it's super popular. Um what else I'm reading? I mean, nowadays I tend to read a lot of stuff that like friends of mine are doing. So like I'm reading Matt Rosenberg's books at Marvel, like Kingpin, yeah. um, and his new book. Uh, is it Secret Warriors or New Warriors? I can't. There's a lot of warriors, but yeah. um, he, and like he does a lot of stuff at uh, Black Mask, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, his book uh, Four Kids Walk Into a Bank. I think the new issue of that's mm. coming out. This Wednesday. That's one that's been on my on my radar for a long time, and I like I missed picking up the first issue, and then it's like really hard to find the singles now. Yeah. No, that book's so good, and uh, especially like Tyler Boss, who who draws it. Like he's, uh, it's so frustrating because he is like super young, and it's just like fuck, you're so talented. And <laughs> It's the same with like Daniel Warren Johnston. It's like you're too talented. Like this isn't fair to the rest of us. <laughs> like we all have to get by with like this modicum of talent, and you are just like oozing it out on every page. <laughs> uh, anything else you're reading that you want to highlight? Um, let me see. I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, it's been pretty heavily saga. I've been trying to get back into reading just like book books. Um, so I've been reading. It's sort of comics related. I've been working my way through 
Chelsea Kane, who wrote uh, Mockingbird last year. Mm. Um, She has a series of novels called the Archie and Gretchen series, which is um, Archie is a police detective and Gretchen is this uh, sort of massive serial killer who he busted. Um, But they're also like sort of secretly in love with each other. Um, It's really, it's a really fucked up series of books. Like, There are things that I like, and I know Chelsea and like, I've hung out with her and she's super nice. And then you read her books and it's like, this is some of the most messed up stuff I've ever (laughs) read. Like there was a thing in the last book that I read that like, I still like, when I think about it, it makes me wince and like cross my legs. Like it's like one of the more painful, like torture concoctions I've ever come across and it's like you were such a nice lady like why do you know about <laughs> stuff like this like I don't even know about stuff like this and I'm like kind of a professional uh, dirtbag so <laughs> it's something to aspire to at least like I want to get that good oh boy um all right cool so we'll we'll continue with the news uh but we will be revisiting the comic book uh, film burnout experience that uh, we're probably all on some level familiar with. Uh, so it seems that Heroes Going Bad is kind of in vogue. Uh, we've got Steve Rogers, Captain America, being a Hydra sort of spy in Secret Empire, which uh, has been great and everyone should read it. But DC Comics is taking their own turn at that with Nightwing The New Order, which essentially is a book starring Dick Grayson. It's an alternate reality story, um, and it's being written by Kyle Higgins and Trevor McCarthy's doing the art. Uh, Dean White and Clayton Cowles are also contributing. Um, And so this is a book that's kind of going to be about him taking out the Justice League and major villains and kind of giving the power back to the humans and the people who aren't superpowered. so, I mean, it looks good. The the uh, We've got pages available and covers from Screen Rant, which you can check out now. Um, it looks good. People are not giving this the same kind of flack that Marvel has gotten for uh, turning Captain America evil. But this book is also more about Dick Grayson realizing the wrong that he's done and less about him being a bad guy. So it's, it's, it's kind of a redemption story, and that could be why. Well, like... I think there's less iconography affiliated with Dick Grayson than there is Steve Rogers. Like, Captain America's associated with, like, being a symbol of, like, the American values or whatever. And him being a Nazi feels super, you know, I can see where that would come from. Whereas with Nightwing, he's not being associated with being a Nazi. And he's got less of the iconography. So I can see why people just wouldn't care as much. Phil, he's not a Nazi. He's huh? Hydra. Huh? Cap is Hydra, not a Nazi. Huh? Oh, is there a difference? There, there is. There is a difference. <laughs> He's not a white supremacist or anything like that. Is is Kyle Higgins the guy who wrote um, Nightwing during the New Fifty Two launch? Yeah, right. So I think uh, I I think so. Uh, and when when we brought this up in our uh, group Facebook chat, I had mentioned that I don't know enough about his writing in Nightwing to really have an opinion. Uh, but then I realized he's also the guy doing uh, Power Rangers for uh, Boom, which I oh, wow. which I really, really like. 
So now I'm even more conflicted. <laughs> he also did Batman Beyond too around that time, I think. Batman, the Batman Beyond title. He's okay. Um, I mean, that book was okay. I, uh, oh, could be good. I just anything, anything could be good, right? Oh my god, Here are my hot Tom controversial point, opinions. Anything can be good. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Chris. Yeah, don't don't humor him. Like he's right. We <laughs> no, all, I agree. Anything we, can be good. We, uh, uh, no, no, look, that's the thing. We all agree, but that's not what we're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I'm on Phil's side here. I think you guys are uh, you're asking too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Well, Phil, you found a partner. Uh, you and I. It's about time. So this is the last episode of the Comics Pals. Um, it was a really fun ride. Um, <laughs> was it? Was it really? <laughs> uh, you're, you're right. This sucked out loud. Um, see you guys later. <laughs> it, it, it's enjoyable when uh, when Phil doesn't say things like that. Um, <laughs> you had to realize that by the end of the episode, I would get the guest to, I would lure him over to my side. Oh. <laughs> he did it. I mean, I, I guess as, as an outsider, it seems like we're all ganging up on you, but I mean, like, you definitely deserve it. Like, that's the problem. <laughs> I'm the fan's favorite for a reason. <laughs> but moving on. Uh,. I, I will read this. I like Kyle Higgins. I like uh, Power Rangers. Higgins has been around for quite a while. He's definitely a talented writer. Uh, I don't have a problem at all with stories like this. I think this is fine, especially since it takes place in an alternate sort of future, potential future. Uh, I don't. I think yeah. on some level, that's probably why people aren't bothered by it, too. You yeah. know? Like, yeah. yeah, from the get-go, that's like its storyline. Oh, wait, hold on. This is an al- alternate future. Don't sweat it. Yeah. But even if it wasn't, I would still, like, there's still enough here that it could be interesting to explore a different side of the Nightwing character. And and, and it's not like they've not done this with basically every hero. What hero has not at some point been you know, a villain or cast in a negative light, you know, it gives us, it gives writers an opportunity to play these characters differently and explore different elements of their personality. And that's what I want to read. You know, these characters have existed for how long? We can't keep getting the same story every time, you know? Right. Uh, But I also feel like as a fan, this is the same story we've been getting over and over again. Yeah, because to your point, this does happen with every other hero, right? Civil so. War, Civil War Two, Secret Empire, uh, like every other story is some hero being the bad guy. Like the heroes are all fighting each other. Like, but here's but here's where it's different though. Is that with with Nightwing with this particular story, he he did something that he regrets, and the story is about his redemption because of his son who now sees him in a negative light based on his actions. So it's 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 not that same thing. It's like it's a different angle. I yeah, and that's that does definitely work in this story's favor, but I just I I I stand by what I was saying. I'm tired of watching superheroes fight all the time. Like yeah, now you know how I feel. I, I, you know, you either die as a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. And you've become story. the villain. Thank God, definitely. So. <laughs> you are the comics pal's villain. <laughs> 
I kind of agree with Kale, though. I mean, uh, the superhero versus superhero thing is kind of saturated. It could be good, though. I mean, like, um, I know you guys don't like hearing that very blase <laughs> opinion, but... <laughs> like, Sean, you're talking about how it has a different spin on it, and with that, like... You know, a, a talented author can make a meaningful story from the basis of anything, even if it sounds like a you know, well-trodden territory. Yeah. It's sure, all sure. about th- what the statement is. Absolutely. Nothing new under the sun, as they say. And there seems to be enough here that is, like, fresh because it is specific to Nightwing, you know? So, like, that's that's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick it up. So. <laughs> hey, Chris, any uh, any thoughts you have before we move on? Um, I also think it could be good. <laughs> but I am not sure because I haven't read it, so... Um, yeah, everything seems in place for it to be good. So I am going to hope that it's good. And Kyle Higgins is good. So it will likely be good. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's earned, he's earned some faith. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't really have like anything invested in Nightwing as a person, but I know, uh, I know, I know he's a fan favorite, uh, Mm -hmm. or his butt is. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah i mean i support that like you know um yeah i'm sure it'll all work out fine in the end i'm sure he'll come back and be nice again yeah it's a it's, it's a mini series you know it's it, it's definitely it'll it'll be fine it'll be fine nightwing fans have nothing to worry about or not i don't know i mean i when i worked on injustice like that was one of the nice things about it, it was like no stuff doesn't have to be okay like you can just like make it all messed up, and who cares? Like it's an alternate universe, right? Exactly. It's like, like burn it all down. Yeah, totally. There's nothing to lose. Like even if it's terrible, it's like well, whatever. It's alternate future. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. There's something appealing about that where you can just like you just have to know enough about the history of these characters, uh, but you know, then you can I don't know, kind of just chuck the rest if you don't want it and that's what makes injustice so fun in my mind you know is like you have all the like baggage that you bring to those characters if you are someone who reads comics and then you get to just see them put in situations that they would never be in normally you know yeah and it's nice like having superman just be like a big petty baby right yeah um yeah i mean it was just like i don't know and like Basically, the Joker is Donald Trump. Like, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I don't, you know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always more, uh, I don't know, more excited by books that kind of stand on their own, especially in the big two where there's so much, like, I mean, there's just so much you have to follow. Like, I'm, I'm really prefer books that are just like, hey, here's, here's 15 issues, and then, yep. you know. If you want to check out something else with these characters, go go for it. But you can also just read these these two trades, and you've read a really satisfying story with these characters. Yeah, I completely agree. So we just talked about one superhero's bad turn, and now we're going to talk about another, because we are definitely talking about Hydra Cap. Uh, so the website, HailHydra.com, Hail-Hydra.com, I should say, is a website that is not owned or associated with marvel in any way just want to clarify that because a lot of the reporting about this has not made that clear uh this is a fan-owned website but the website redirects you if you if you type it in your browser right now hail 
hyphen or hail, rather hail dash hydra.com, you will end up on the <laughs> the official the White House's official website page for President Donald Trump. So Sean, I I have questions about uh what you said earlier. Go on. You said that Hydra isn't they're not white supremacists? They're not. So Cap isn't, but HailHydra.com redirects suspiciously to somewhere else. <laughs> what? Well, I don't know what I'm insinuating. Yeah, what are you saying? <laughs> Maybe I'm insinuating that administration. Don't. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I have no interest in Secret Service or CIA showing up in my house off some shit you said on my show. So I'm going to get abducted again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're a monster. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, this is this is goofy, right? This isn't this isn't anything to take too seriously. It's just but I just funny. think it's, it's, it's kind of yeah. it's it's hilarious that this has happened. Uh, and I think it definitely speaks to how people are feeling right now about, you know, where our government is. The fact that you could associate a storyline that, that's this sort of horrible with the president of the United States. That's, you know, not the best thing. Not the best look, no. No. <laughs> uh, but that's but, America's motto right now. Not the best look. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you're quite right. Uh, so tying into that, uh, it, it's we're a week removed from the from Free Comic Book Day and from the Free Comic Book Day issue of Secret Empire uh, and issue one, which also dropped last week. But there was a, a a moment in the Free Comic Book Day issue that has a lot of fans talking. Now we're going to get into spoilers here, so if you haven't read it, you might want to skip ahead a little bit. But um, we are talking about the fact that in the at the end of uh, the Free Comic Book Day issue, Captain America does lift Thor's hammer. Now, the the hammer of Thor is currently held by Jane Foster, who is Thor, while uh, Odin's son is kind of indisposed and currently unworthy. Uh, she gets beaten down and her hammer falls and Captain America now considered to be the most evil man in comics is able to lift her hand or yeah, her hammer. Uh, so that brings into question a lot of her, what, what does being worthy mean now? And is, and it's not a ploy. Uh, actually we, we hear from Nick Spencer that it is absolutely not a trick. He really did lift a hammer and it is the real hammer of Thor. It is, it is Mjolnir. So what does this mean? Any speculation? I mean, to me, like, the implication there is that, you know, this is some way, like, you know, we've been talking about for weeks about this, about this series, is that, you know, Cap is, this isn't really, or this is the real Cap, and he's somehow being twisted, you know, like, maybe through, um, like, like the cosmic cube or something like that, or like something to give him false memories, or, you know, it's some kind of mind control or whatever, but it seems to imply that, you know, that the real Steve Rogers is still in there somewhere. Or, I mean, maybe Hydra Cap is right. (laughs) I mean, that's an option. I'm just saying. I know we don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm just saying. I was the villain of the show. (laughs) 
Marvel's taking an aggressive pro Hydra stance. It, so we definitely know that he's being that he's been manipulated by the Cosmic Cube, and that that's all well and good. My interpretation of this, having read it, is that while what he's doing isn't necessarily right, he himself is pure of heart in the sense that he's he truly and earnestly believes that what he's doing is for the best of for humanity and that there's not malicious intent involved and so in that sense he is still worthy in that sense even though ideologically he's opposed to the avengers now he still is concerned with what's best for humans in general and that's why his worthiness is not in question in my mind at least that's my interpretation makes sense yeah We've got a, a ton, a ton of announcements regarding uh, new comic book-based television shows. And I want to highlight those because this is that time of year where uh, networks sort of talk about what shows they're not bringing back, what shows have been canceled, but also what shows we can expect to see in the fall. Uh, so this is also going to be transitioning us into our main topic, but I do want to give the announcements, their room to breathe a little bit. So we'll talk a little bit about those announcements. Uh, so recently we heard about a Deadpool animated series from Donald Glover that's going to be headed to FXX, which is interesting. Uh, we've also got The Gifted, which we already knew about but got an official teaser, and that's going to be on Fox, and we know that it got a series order, so that's, that's big news for that show. Uh, Black Lightning is getting a show that's been ordered to series by CW, so that's from Greg Berlanti. So now he's got five shows uh, over there that are comic book-based. We've got a Judge Dredd television show that's being worked on, which I think is awesome. It's going to be dope. I am the law. <laughs> and Sci-Fi has ordered a series called Happy, um, which is based around something that Grant Morrison wrote, which is a really... A weird and interesting title that he did uh, and, and so that's going to be coming out as well so we've got all these shows coming out and, and we can expect them all in the fall I, I think Dread's the only one that is not necessarily on a fall schedule um, but that's a lot of shows and I, and I want to talk to you guys about like which ones are you excited about and what what do you expect from these shows um I mean, I'll start, I think, just because the only show I'm, like, actively excited about on that list is Deadpool, and it's only because of the names attached to it. You know, I, I really am a huge fan of Donald Glover. Um, him him and his, he's working on it with his brother Steven, who is one of the uh, co-creators of Atlanta, which was phenomenal. Um, so I'm, it, I'm excited for anything that's got his name attached to it. And um, I, I'm not, like, a huge Deadpool fan or anything, but I think that the character lends himself to animation pretty well. Um, just given, you know, his kind of, like, zany off-the-wall personality. You know, I feel like that will work pretty well with um, with Donald Glover's sense of humor as well as mm -hmm. with the medium. Definitely. So, yeah, that's the one I'm actively excited about. Um, for the rest of them, I kind of, like, to be honest, I fall a little bit more towards the point that Chris was making earlier where there's just so many of these shows now, I try not to get excited about them until they're out and someone is like pushing it on me you know because like i'm already invested in the marvel netflix shows like i'm gonna watch all of those but i don't watch any of the like network stuff that they do i don't watch any of the dc shows or anything like that just because it's just too much 
Like, I don't need 10 superhero shows and three superhero movies every year, you know? Like, it, and it feels weird to think that I remember a time where the idea of this would have been so exciting to me, but now that it's a reality, I'm just kind of, like, a little over it, you know? Oh, you know, Sean, I just realized uh, Sci-Fi, which is doing Happy, is also doing Krypton, I think, yeah. which yes, comes they out are. soon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, so I don't, I don't know how I could feel burnout because this is what I want ultimately. I want comic book properties to be popular. I want people to enjoy this stuff. This is what I grew up with and I want people to have that experience and I want them to be good and I want them to succeed. Uh, that being said, none of this... Well, the only one that really appeals to me is Dread. I think that the Judge Dread show could be amazing. I, I'm a big fan of that character. I'm a big fan of the idea of that world, so I'm definitely going to tune in for that. Um... But again, I want all of this to be good, and I want all of this to be popular. Uh, the question of is it too much, I mean, to me, the answer is no. To me, the answer is this is great. This is great for us as fans. This is great for people who have no familiarity with these characters at all. Uh, this is this is great for everyone. I just am afraid at the same time of a bubble sort of bursting, I guess. People have been prophesizing that for a while, for quite some time. And that's the thing that's so interesting, dude, is, like, I, I remember when, you know, like, Guardians came out, like, what, four years ago now, I think? Three years ago? Um, that was, I remember people being like, this is it. This is where the bubble bursts. No one's going to go see this movie. No one cares about these characters. And here we are. Like, we're still going. We're still trucking. Well, that's just the thing. Like, if anything is good, people will see it. Um the first Guardians movie was really enjoyable and people went to go see it. Uh, I, I th a lot of studios look out for IP recognition. That's their whole thing. That's why comic book movies are being made. But ultimately, if you make a good movie, people will see it. Um, then what about the DC movies? Because they're bad and people still go see those. Uh, yikes. Well, I mean, Suicide Squad did really well, but like, I know Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman underperformed. Even though they were successes, they underperformed uh, towards studio expectations, but yeah, I've I've hit the the, ad, the adaptation fatigue like two or three years ago. I, I don't really get excited for movies or TV shows terribly often, uh, and that's why when there's something good that comes out, I'm always pleasantly surprised uh, because I just don't have very high expectations. Um, I, I you know I'm not fatigued on comic books because that's that's my bread and butter, baby. That's what I like to read. Um, and that stuff isn't, I mean, I mean, you just know how to navigate the stuff you like and the stuff you don't like for the most part. Yeah. So well, like, and I think they're a lot, they're a little less formulaic, you know, like I mean, superhero I mean, movies plenty, have a distinct formula. There's plenty of comics that are formulaic too, though, but you just don't read them. Right. Um, that said, uh, I mean, happy sounds cool. I know Grant Morrison has been trying to make a TV show for a while. Um, like we three was something he was pushing for a while for a movie, um, Happy is a good book. Uh, the people are involved. Um, what's his name? Uh, the guy from Law and Order's in it. Christopher Maloney. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. Oh, cool. And Bo Bobby Moynihan's in it. Hmm. So, like, I'll check that shit out. And if Grant's writing any of the episodes, which I know he wanted to, I don't know how involved he, he is. is. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. I'll watch that every day of the week. 
<laughs> I, I I agree with you. Like I I think that I think that that has as much potential as anything else to be good. You know, and it's and it's a property that doesn't come with the baggage necessarily of X Men, right? And that, that's how that's how I feel about Dread as well. They they have the space to do some cool things, and I feel like you can do things with these characters. Like like okay, so with other show ideas you know you can do these things but it's like okay cool instead of seeing a random no-name cop we're seeing dread right that that adds to uh the excitement for me and that that changes the the game for for that show idea and so there's so many uh you know ideas in the comic space that are not mined i mean i would love to i would love to watch a show about high crime from christopher sabella i'd like that you know and and, and there's space for that now i feel like. um, this is a paycheck for that too <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, I do think that like properties like dread um or something you know any of the other stuff we mentioned are a little bit different than superhero stuff though because superheroes have become kind yeah. of they're their own genre already, but I think superhero movies are in and of themselves their own kind of blockbuster genre. And I think it's like it's way different to talk about doing an adaption of, you know, like a crime story or, you know, like even something like like crazy like Saga where it's like they're not really the same thing. Like Valerian is a comic book movie, but it's not a superhero movie and it's not going to feel like a superhero movie. So, like, I don't think that that's necessarily going to get lumped in with those same things. I think it's more an issue of like superhero fatigue more than it is comic book adaption fatigue yeah and that's where like for me that's definitely where i lie you guys already know like i'm sort of i get fatigued easily with superheroes so like that's where it lies for me like it's not so much that uh movie adaptations are like being saturated it's more the um, the superhero movies are being saturated i'm getting too many like i'll take more comic adaptations you know like we got preacher that was cool like it's not necessarily a superhero. Like you know, I'll take that. Um, like I know they're they're always talking about a, a why the last man kind of series. Like you know, I, I'll take that kind of thing. But like another superhero on top of like another superhero, that's where the fatigue for me comes in, and where I think a lot of us kind of share that. Because um, we're 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 over we're open to the like to the, the Judge Dread, um, that kind of thing. May, to some extent, Archie. I don't know. But um, I mean, even that though, like that's so different, you know, like that's a story about a high school and like, it's not, it's not a, a formulaic thing beat for beat that we can call, you know, Kale does mm-hmm. love reading the synopses of those, of that show. <laughs> I'm, I might have to start getting back into Riverdale. I'm, not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bored. So, I mean, I, I think one thing that like the reason there's superhero fatigue is so many of them. Like the first step is like, okay, we make a movie or two and then it's instantly, how do we cross everything over? Um, And it's like, whereas like, you know, we were all raised on that with comics. It's just, it's exhausting in movies. Like when I watched, I can't even remember what it was. Maybe it was like civil war. I, I was trying to see civil war from the perspective of somebody who'd never watched any of those movies. Oh, right. Like, how confusing must this be to it's like, I feel the same as like when I would go to a theater and see a trailer for the third divergent movie. And I'd be like, I have no idea what is happening in this. Like I'm sure somebody does. And they're, you know, they love all the movies and they know exactly what's going on, but this all just looks like 
a bunch of jumbled up stuff thrown together. And I'm sure that's how that stuff reads to people who aren't as hardcore. And it's just, yeah, I think it's the, like, they're so quickly you want them like shared universe, everything. And I'd much rather like, can we just, can everybody have their own universe? Like I like, I like iZombie because like it has, you know, some of the, it's got aspects of the comic, but it's also, you know, like it's its own thing and it could not coexist with any other DC property. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think, and we talked a little bit about that a couple of weeks ago with the, the Marvel machine and, and like their, you know, their big like dilution of their brands, like with black Panthers sp- spinning out world of Wakanda and that other one, like it just, yeah, I think it hurts more than it helps in a lot of cases. Um, I saw that Guardians movie a few times, and the one thing, the new one, and the one thing I liked is that it felt rather independent. And one thing I was thinking after the last time I saw it is that oh boy, this stuff's gonna get all muddled up with all the Avengers shit, and I'm not looking forward to that. I just like that it feels like it stands on its own feet. Yeah, I'd much rather have uh, you know a series or a film that is just like this is a film, and now you can walk away and you never have to think about it again. And you'd be okay. Uh, instead yeah. of like, you know, like if, if you suddenly decide, it's like, did you ever watch any of the Saw movies? Yeah. Sure. Like, you know how convoluted the Saw movies get by like movie <laughs> four? Like movie four takes place like before part two, uh, but after part three, like uh. it, it gets so ornate that it makes no sense at all. And right. like that's... That's how this stuff, and they just keep piling more on, and it's like, I don't even, like, can I just get Ant-Man? Can I just get, like, this sort of tiny, but even that is, like, you know, they still have to sneak some of it in. Sometimes. I just miss the purity of Iron Man, like, and I I never thought that'd be a sentence I said, but, like, (laughs) Iron Man was just a movie unto itself. It had a beginning and an ending, and, like, if there was never another Iron Man movie, Everybody would be super happy with that, right? Yeah, and I, I think I think you're right. You know, and I think it is kind of an issue of like I I do like when they when these properties cross over in a way that's meaningful. Like I really enjoyed Avengers. I liked Civil War, but it is kind of unfortunate that every single movie in the Marvel machine feels like it exists to support the machine as opposed to the individual film. And there are exceptions to that, but I think most of them feel a little weighed down by the uh, responsibility to be connected to everything else. Yeah. I mean, I just, yeah. Um, and the same with like comics is like, you know, I feel like let's just nail the one universe before we start like sharing books and everything. Mm. Um, but that seems to be like everybody's go-to solution is like, Oh, well we'll just like share universes. And it's like, that's not why people are showing up in Marvel and DC. Like they're showing up because these are characters that have been around since their grandparents were children. So mm-hmm. it's hard to compete with that. You can't compete with that. Like, cause that right. is, a, that's unless you have a time machine, like then, then that's out of your league. I think the big issue too, is like, even just looking at like Marvel specifically, um, you know, to Chris's point, we've been building towards this, this greater universe for over a decade. You know, or maybe not over. Iron Man was what, 2008? So, oh, coming on a decade. Um, so, like, it's earned, 
you know, and, and even it doesn't work all the time. Even it manages to feel bloated. And then when you have like companies like DC or then like um, Legendary Pictures and like they're trying to make the MonsterVerse with all these kaiju movies and stuff where it's just like, yeah, we're going to have a shared universe over the next like six years. And it's like, well, that's a little that's like a pretty accelerated timeline, you know, like the reason that it worked for Avengers was like I was working up to that movie for four years. You know, like it, it was a thing I was excited for. And then when it happened, it was a payoff, not just bringing everything together for the sake of doing it, you know, and for making it like a spectacle. So here, (laughs) here. So for 2018, we know of 11 comic book movies that. Jesus. Not to mention the like, what, five more that we just discussed from this year. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a huge it's a huge timeline. You you've basically got a comic book movie releasing every month, almost almost every month here. Uh, and you know, for me, I always fall back on well, if it's if it's ultimately good, if it's ultimately a quality product, then what's the problem? That's, that's all that's that matters. My perspective. So I I have to be good. Oh, God. Thanks, Phil. You interrupted me <laughs> to say that? Jesus. I said it just to annoy you. <laughs> Phil, I know. Um, so, <laughs> so for me, if it's good, it's good, and I'll be happy with that. I, I tend to enjoy these films. I I don't know. I guess I'm a sucker in a lot of ways. We've talked about that on the show. I like I, – I live for this stuff, you know, and, and in, in that purest sense of being a kid and thinking, wow, what if – there were films based around this that has not lost its luster for me, um, and I don't know that it will. But I, I at the same time can understand why for other people, maybe it has. But if you look at this slate, I think a lot of this looks like it's probably going to be good stuff. We've got Black Panther, we've got Avengers: Infinity War, we've got Deadpool two, Ant Man and the Wasp, Spider Man. Um, you know, so I feel like in a lot of ways they're giving us what we what we seem to want. So at what point do we decide? Okay, we don't want this anymore. We're going to stop seeing these movies, if that's truly how we feel. Well, we can kind of like draw parallels to what's been going on just in like the comics industry. Like Marvel's been putting out a ton of books, and then like they'll be they'll cancel some like after uh, a really like a short flight. You know, like they'll have three four issues, and then it's like. They get the axe. Um, we can sort of, I, I guess, like I'm sort of translating as like, all right, if we keep getting these movies, the movies that get slated a little bit later aren't going to be as impactful because it's like, all right, we already saw like these first couple uh, at the beginning of the year, and it's like, all right, now it kind of becomes like like work to go see the rest because you have to sort of be involved if you want to see what happens in like Infinity War, and if maybe you missed the movie, it like it. Um, sort of like what, what Chris was saying, where it's like y- you have to, if you enter a movie fresh, you're going to be lost to some extent. And I think that sort of adds to that that fatigue. It's just interesting to me because, like Phil mentioned this earlier, we've, like people, specifically I think film critics have been kind of banging this drum for a long time that like they're sick of these movies. But like audiences are clearly not, you know, like they still make a lot of money and like, Looking at, you know, we all enjoyed Guardians too. Uh, and then Civil War, you know, like Civil War is, I think, among the best of any of the movies they've done. Like it does have a lot of baggage and you need to be invested in this franchise to uh, 
to like partake in it. But I, that's almost like being like, man, you know, no, like no one, no one who hasn't watched the first six seasons of Game of Thrones is going to be able to enjoy the seventh season, you know? And it's like, you come into it with that expectation. And I think some people don't see all these movies, but I think most people see most of them if they're still going, because like they still sell all these tickets, right? Like people are still going to see them in massive droves. So it's weird because I do on some level commiserate with the idea of like less is more and maybe we don't need all these movies. But like when I really think about it, I've enjoyed most of the Marvel movies I've gone to see. The Thor franchise is the only of the Marvel, the main Marvel offerings that I walked out of and was like disappointed that I spent money on it, you know? Um, and I think a lot of them do kind of slip into what Chris was talking about of being a movie that you can just kind of like see and forget. Like Ant-Man is great, but if you didn't see Ant-Man, like, it's not like you're going to be like, oh man, like, I have no idea. Like, I don't know who Ant-Man is in this movie, but he's in it for 20 minutes. So who cares? You know, like he's another superhero. They know him. Cool. Like, I feel like there is a certain amount of these movies that like, you don't really need to see Guardians volume two. If you don't see that, it's not going to affect how you interact with Infinity War or potentially Guardians 3, because it's, like, four years in the future. So, like, I don't know, maybe that's the way to do it, is, like, we do get some of these smaller, more personal stories like we saw in Guardians 2 that aren't connected to the larger canon, and then we do have the more event movies, like Avengers. I don't know. But that's the problem. You should want to see these movies because, not because of how they connect, but because they're, like, quality as a film. Well, yeah, I'm saying I do. Like, I I go and see them and I like them, you know? Yeah. So, like... Um, and with, the, with like Civil War, I think enough people had seen at least one or two Captain America movies or Iron Man movies or the Avengers to have the investment built. It's not like watching six seasons of television. Um, so yeah, it's like a, it's like a sequel. Even though it's interconnected in a larger cinematic universe, it still functions as a sequel. And if anyone had seen any of those prior six or seven movies... Uh, I think they would have some kind of connection to those two characters for the emotional payoff at the end. And and I think with the Avengers specifically, and 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 I think you know you include Civil War in that because it's very much like an Avengers two point five. They've specifically made the effort to make those sequels to themselves and not sequels to every movie in between. So if you don't necessarily care about like you know the 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 singular Ant Man movie or whatever, and you don't watch it. You, there's nothing critical that happens in that piece that you'll be lost. Like what Pete was saying, you'll be lost if you go and check out whatever the next movie is. As long as you saw Avengers 2, Civil War will make sense to you. And I think that's that's almost like weirdly akin to the way like comic book events work. You know, or it's like, like you know, in a, an event like Civil War, there are like, there's the Civil War books and then there's Spider-Man Civil War, X-Men Civil War and all those things will inform your understanding of how like the greater universe is working, but you don't necessarily need to see every single piece of it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree with that in most cases, although I think that there are some instances where it gets a little screwy. I, I um, think the movies are definitely a worse offender of that for sure. Yeah. And I, and I, and by the way, I agree with Marco in the sense that comic books and, and Marvel in particular have a, a problem with just bloat. Um, I, I think that there are, there are obvious parallels between these two worlds, you know, the film and television world and the comic world. I think that the in the in the comic book space, it's worse because you're paying money uh, monthly to read these books, and you don't have the cash to go to the store and pick up 
three Black Panther titles and then three Spider-Man titles and, and, you know, all that stuff. And I mean, yes, you can, you can pick and choose what you want, but if we're all picking and choosing and we have a limited budget, certain things are going to fall through the cracks. And that may not just be Black Panther and the crew. Like, that book isn't doing well, right? That's also hurting smaller publishers because people, you know, when you go to the comic book store, what's 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 publicized? It's the Marvel and the DC stuff. And then you go to the back and then you see, like, you know, the, the smaller press stuff. And it's like they're, they're taking a larger space of the market, but they're not doing so with the intention. Or I shouldn't say with the intention. They're not putting out necessarily quality titles because there are only so much there's only so much time in the day for a creator to create you can't you know there's not enough time to put out quality books when you're working on the treadmill and it's moving that fast you know it's it's hard and i think chris you've spoken in other interviews about the timeline of putting out books by marvel or dc and it's not easy yeah no it moves pretty quick uh so you know, yeah, I mean, it's it's a well-oiled machine, so when you get inside of it, you just have to learn, you know, to uh, roll with it. Like, I just re- co-wrote an issue of Detective that comes out in a couple weeks and, nice. <clears throat> like, got the gig uh, pretty quickly and then, you know, had to turn around and turn in a script uh, within, like, three or four days. Um and, you know, then it was, you know, by the time the weekend was over, we had already gotten sketches or like pencils for the first four pages. Cause, wow. Yeah. I mean, like artists have to start work at a certain point if they're going to hit the deadline. And, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's once you see it from the inside, it's like, it's amazing that comics get made at all. Like there's so many moving parts and so many people involved that like, uh, it, it just feels like, man, at some point you'd, you'd think something would break down, but somehow they, you know, they've got it down to a science and it keeps it rolling. So, And it, it, it is very impressive uh, that this that this has worked for so long and, and worked, you know, with small hitches here and there. But I guess my issue with that is I would like for them and we've talked about this on the show before, but I would like for them to put the spotlight on the books that they want to see succeed. You know, not everything is going to win in the market. And, you know, your Miss Marvel's, your mainline Black Panther title, I'd like to see those books get the shine and not necessarily the second and third ancillary title that, you know, you don't even really need to read. And then those creators are, are not, they're going to be out of work when that book gets canceled because that's what happens at Marvel, you know, and DC for that matter. Especially when they're books that just don't need to exist. You know, like, we don't we don't need three books about the Black Panther. Like, Black Panther's awesome, but, like, we don't need three books about any superhero. You know, like, just one. One good one. Unless the sales justify it, right? Like, you can... The market suppose, can yeah. sustain, you know, a couple of Spider-Man titles. And, and Batman does just fine, you know, with his uh, all-star Batman and Batman and Detective Comics. Those books are doing, you know, they're doing great. But Black Panther is not Batman. You know, in terms of the 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 attraction to the character and the people who are looking to spend their dollars on his book, maybe after his movie comes out, but certainly not right now. And I just think you do a disservice to your creators and to your characters when you do that. Yeah, and I think to to Chris's earlier point, I think especially with less popular characters, you're doing them a serious disservice. Um, and that, like a character like Black Panther, would probably benefit more in my mind from 
something more akin to like Vision from Tom King, you know, like a, a 12 issue miniseries that really, really like sells the character. And, you know, again, if, if people like that, then they'll go jump to the Black Panther monthly book. You don't need two additional supplemental stories, you know? If you decide, oh, this Black Panther book's doing really well, we want to capitalize on this character, cool, do do a targeted like miniseries, you know, do something that is easy to keep up with. That's a self-contained narrative that is, is still going to be able to get headlines and stuff like that. You know? Yeah. I, I totally agree. Uh, any last words on this before we wrap? I guess, I guess my opinion just kind of revolves around like, you know, during the, uh, the, the climax of guardians of the galaxy, I felt okay getting up and going to the bathroom. So that's just sort of where I'm at with like the Marvel films. Like I know what's going to happen. So it, it'll be fine. I'm not going to miss anything. You know what? I actually think that's a really good point to end on. And so we will. Uh, <laughs> I, I would love to hear from the listeners at home about what you think about this issue. Are you experiencing fatigue of comic book properties or is it just superhero films or are you enjoying everything that they're putting out? Um, and also, what are you looking most forward to this fall as far as the uh, comic book offerings that we're going to see on network television? Let us know. And you can do that by reaching out to us on iTunes. Uh, you can also hit us up on social media. We're everywhere at the Comics Pals. Um, we are on all podcast hosting platforms, so check us out there, including iTunes. Give us that sweet, sweet five-star rating. Um, YouTube. Hit us up on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Leave your comments about everything that we talked about. Let us know what you think about Christopher's books and, and that you're going to go buy them. We want to hear that stuff. Uh, I'm, definitely I'm sure he wants to hear that, too. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> Definitely. Even if you're lying, just say it. <laughs> <laughs> Help me get through the next 30 days. Please. <laughs> Writing comics is a lonely prospect, and those comments, uh, they definitely help out, I'm sure. So let us know that you back the Kickstarter for Short Order Crooks, and everyone will be pleased with that. We need Christopher to get a PS4. Um, also, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask somebody to pay for the the Kickstarter te- tier to get us a cameo in the book. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I would love for the Comics Pals to appear in the book, and uh, maybe we'll have to contribute enough to get to that point. No, like we can probably cut you guys a deal. Oh, oh, we're definitely talking about this after the episode ends. <laughs> <laughs> And if you want to write to us, you can do so at thecomicspals at gmail.com. That's thecomicspals with an S at gmail.com. And uh, let us know what you think about this episode and everything else. So now we're going to do some plugs. Chris, since you're the guest, please you know go first and plug anything you want to plug right now and let people know what you're up to. Um, I guess the, the best way to follow me is on Twitter. So I'm on there the most. Um... My website is ChristopherSabella.com, and that's got all my books listed on it and some other stuff, and it's got a store where you can buy stuff, and I'll mail it to you and sign it and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, I got uh, this uh, this Kickstarter that ends uh, May 31st, and I don't know. I think, yeah, buy Heartthrob. Um and that's that's the end of my plugs. Thank you. Awesome. What's, What's your, your Twitter, Twitter handle? handle? 
Uh, X top, X T O P. Awesome. All right, uh, Pete. Cool. Um, yeah. So if you guys want to get some more content from me, you can go check out my writing over at CBR.com, uh, where I do lists, quizzes, that kind of stuff. Um, I've got one coming up uh, this week that'll be about um, Telltale games and episodes or their series based off of comic books. So keep an eye out for that. Help me pay the bills. And then um, please go check out, uh, come back uh, tomorrow and then on Wednesday on YouTube for the Video Game Pals, our new weekly video game podcast. We're going to be publishing episode three this week and uh, should be a good time. We're uh, naming our, we're ranking our game of the years for the last five years. So go, uh, go check that out. And then you can get me on uh, social media at loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram and uh, come talk to me about the Marvel machine. Awesome. Kale. Uh, you can find uh, my stuff at uh, selfie.com slash panels publishing. Uh, you can find it on uh, Comixology at uh, uh, panels comics or panels publishing. Why don't I know that? It's every week. <laughs> oh, I always say, hey, every week it's, hey, Kale, you should look this up just to, to get it. And I never do. I'm the worst. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at uh, Facebook and Twitter at panels comics. On Twitter, it's panels comics with an X. And then you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Toto Into. That's T O T O I N T O W. Phil? <clears throat> yeah, I'd like to promote my new friend, Christopher Sabella's new book, Space Jam 2. There we go. Uh, starring, All right. starring a giant shack. So uh, go out there and buy it. Find the kick, uh, Kickstarter for that book, Space Jam 2. Before we get sued. <laughs> Before we get sued. Fund it we extra. We need money to fight the legal battles. Yeah, fund it extra. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like a three-day campaign, and we need $2 million. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you get it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the right people, I think so. And uh, you can find me on social media at Cyborg Bebop. Come talk to me about how we can help make Space Jam 2 a reality. <laughs> Phil, Phil, don't you write for a website? Not anymore. Oh, okay then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> Marco. Putting them on blast. Marco, take us home. Uh, you can find me at woe is Marco uh, on Instagram and woe is Marco underscore at, uh, on Twitter. I'm usually making like... L- I'm starting a new thing. I'm just making like little videos, short clips, just stretching my recording and directorial arm. So um, be on the lookout for some YouTube content that I'm thinking about doing as well. Awesome. And I am at Sean Soapbox on Twitter. You can hit me up there to talk about anything, anything, anything. I have an opinion about everything. So <laughs> let's chat. And with that, we're the Comics Pal signing off. Thank you so much. Chris for joining us Christopher Sabella look him up he's doing great stuff he's up and coming on the rise so get on board while it's still early and you can say that you were there when it began and the pals took you there (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much all right take care guys see you next week everybody bye why are my plugs always a fart